Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> One ingredient to happiness was relationships, according mm -hmm. to that study. Um, what are three key factors, like absolutes, in your opinion, that you need to like live a happy life? Three things. And let's maybe exclude, let's exclude re relationships, maybe? Just because that's kind of an obvious one that we talked about last, last mm -hmm. week. Yeah. Definitely some sort of physical exertion. Working out, training. I need to struggle physically and sweat to feel like myself. Yeah. You know, that that's a hands down. Do you, um, do you find like, um, like what kind of exercise, like would you consider walking a part of that or is that separate or are you talking like a, a rigorous, like intense workout? For me, rigorous, intense. I think for some people walking could, could scratch that box, you know, but yeah. for me, I need to reach a point of discomfort yeah. whether it's like feeling that fire in my lungs from like a sprint run or like ugh, like pushing on a squat and like right. really activating my nervous system i i think i'm a little more intense on the spectrum right i think a walk would work for some people but yeah i need to like sweat and get uncomfortable mm. you know yeah um that's definitely one um another thing would be it goes back to diet what you're saying you know like if i if i go to the lake and um, you know, eating relatively healthy, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm not eating that healthy. I feel like myself once I get home and have like my plate of eggs and garlic and like big vegetable dish. Right. It might just be a mental thing, but I think it would be torture for me if if I couldn't eat any whole foods for like a week. Mm -hmm. You know, I could be with family, I could be in a beautiful environment, but if all I had was pizza, chicken fingers, pierogies chips you know like it would crush me eventually right. after a few days so i yeah. definitely help clean eating and uh rigorous exercise are two for sure yeah i wonder how much the um you know i just like like i wonder if you i guess you could be happy like i'm just picturing some of the people i've met in my life that like when you just neglect your health so much, whether it's exercise and diet and you just put on like a bunch of weight, mm -hmm. they literally walk around all day with sore ankles mm -hmm. because of all the weight they're carrying. Yeah, It's like I, I would struggle being happy because like there's like a constant, it's almost like someone that has like a chemical imbalance and has depression. Like mm -hmm. no matter what you do, there's still this lingering thing that's weighing on you. Mm -hmm. That's It's just mental, but with physical, you neglect your health so much and you put on a bunch of weight, you could, you could like, you have really good relationships. You could be walking your dog. You could be nice outside, but your ankles are just burning because you're 350, 400 pounds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder, like, it's got to just change your level of happiness, having that linger. Totally. You know? You know, because a hard, rigorous exercise for you or me might be the same as somebody walking a kilometer to the store to yeah. go buy, you know, a some bananas right it's like just that getting up and moving is like a real challenge yeah um number three would be some form of like me time whether it's like i need a little like i realized last week i was just sitting there how happy 
a book makes me with a book in my hand reading with nobody around interrupting me just in my own solitude for half an hour right. like I come out of that a totally better person hmm. so whether it's you know just a little bit of independent time meditating reading going for a walk I'm a pretty independent person and I just need that space sometimes yeah so I think that with the you know with the diet and with the rigorous exercise are three yeah. things for sure that complete my happiness hmm. Yeah, I like that. What about you? That covers a lot of the stuff. I, I don't want to like just say the same things you did. I, I would separate. Um, I would separate walking and physical exertion. Like mm-hmm. I think they're different things. Yeah, I need them both. Yeah, like walking has been so beneficial to me over the years, man. It's like my go-to thing if I'm like in my head and I'm stressing out. Like a nice walk is just so peaceful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also need like that intense, like aggressive workout. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the reasons I brought that up was because I heard Rogan talking on a podcast and um, he was on Lex Friedman's podcast. I listened to that yesterday. It was good. Really good. Um, Lex Friedman asked him like what his thoughts were and what he was doing and what he was going through, how he handled um, the time when he was like getting canceled in air quotes and people were really coming after him. And Rogan said mushrooms and intense exercise. He's like, those are the two things, like psilocybin mushrooms and like rigorous, like intense exercise. And I'm like, it's interesting how certain people need different tools to like balance themselves. Like remember when we went to yin yoga that one time? It was too chill. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah. I, I, I I would get benefit from it, but I... I would almost rather just go for a walk if it's something like um, yin or like a passive exercise. Yeah. I just love walking. And like, I remember you and I, we almost felt empty when we left. I felt like I just wasted 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I have demons in me that need to get out. Like, I need to hit pads or something, you know? That's what I loved about what Rogan said. He's like, you need to create some sort of a struggle in your life to make life easier and be happier. Right. He's like, some sort of a premeditated struggle. He's like... I create my own bullshit. Like, you know, like I'm like raging through these difficult workouts with kettlebells and like running up a mountain and all these premeditated struggles that I just put into my life so that life is a breeze. Right. And we experience that through martial arts. And I don't understand, I wouldn't be happy without that struggle that we create for ourselves yeah i don't know how people do it without sweating and shit me neither man aaron asked me the other day or she i don't know she wasn't a question she just um a statement i guess she was like i don't know if i said this on the last podcast but she was like um she's because we've been dating for like just over two years it was just our anniversary like week week ago or something she's like i haven't seen you angry like ever i haven't mm. seen you upset mm. i'm like yeah have you seen me hit pads like i'm i'm yelling like I'm, I'm violently hitting pads. Yeah. I'm releasing whatever aggression I have in me on the other end of those pads. Yeah. Like that's like my goal when I'm like hitting pads, it's what they're for. Or yeah. like a heavy bag workout, I'm smashing. Yeah. I need to, yeah. you know? And I, I think if I didn't do that, she would probably see me get a little bit more agitated, a little Dude, more frustrated. Totally. So it just, yeah, it made me think like what a, what a form of therapy. Dude, totally think there's this huge 200 pound bag. And you're just uh, 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 hitting it as hard as you can. Like it's, you know, your stepdad that used to beat you. You know, yeah. it's like, that is therapy. Yeah. There's a reason that they have this this uh, business in Saskatoon. It's called oh, yeah. Smash Therapy. Right. I think it's kind of silly. You pay money and you go smash shit. Right. And like break glass. But 
it it is a form of therapy right. to just release that aggression. Well, do you ever see that that video? It was like um, it went like viral, but it was like I don't know, like some kind of mainstream show of like a therapy. It was like a therapy session where it had this guy, and he just was like the girl, the therapist showed him like like to smack this pillow or something, and then this guy was like smacking this pillow, and he was like talking like. Um, like what did what did he say while he was hitting it? But it was something like what you said about the stepdad thing. It was like, no, mom, I won't go to my room, or like something <laughs> like that. Like he yeah. had a bunch of trauma, and she was just getting him to like hit this pillow. Yeah, I think I think there's a, a slight difference, and you probably know better than me right now. I don't I don't lift weights like I used to, um, but I, I sometimes think there's a difference between like lifting weights and then hitting pads or a bag. When I think of like hitting pads or a bag, I think of nothing but follow through and like aggression and violence mm -hmm. where sometimes lifting weights has so many of those elements, but there's more control to it. Like you don't just drop all the way down with a yeah. squat or a, a, like you're controlling the barbell. You're controlling the weights where like when I throw a punch, I'm just trying to launch my bones at that target as hard as I can. There's no impact with weights. Right. You get that that end result impact with like the pads. Yeah. Like it's, just, it's just, it's almost like punching through water. There's too much buoyancy and resistance with weights. Yeah. It's like a hard push, but it's no like impact of like yeah. thudding, you know? Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard push, but yeah, you don't get that, that <laughs> yeah. I want that at the end. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. Another thing I liked about on that Lex Friedman podcast is, you know, obviously Rogan went through all of this ridicule and hate and all of this crazy shit when he got quote unquote canceled which is which is stupid but yeah and he's like yeah i just like didn't pay attention he's like he's like i just ignored it isn't that funny <laughs> how that's how you beat these morons that are trying to cancel everyone you yeah. just ignore them and they're like fuck like he's not looking it's like a girl trying to get attention yeah it's like you just don't like, acknowledge they're like oh shit yeah. just move on with your life it just doesn't work if he doesn't pay attention right you know and it's like his wife's checking out like holy shit all these people saying this about my husband and he lex kind of laughed he's like really like you didn't check into any of it he's like no i just ignored it yeah, he's like, I was like aware, like obviously yeah. you hear the noise, but you just like, yeah, he would yeah. just like move on with his life. Think how gangster that is. Man, I just, I love tough. Rogan, man. Yeah. For, for sure that's tough. Because you can't even turn on the TV without, in, in his case. In his case. Yeah. Like if, if somebody came at us, like it'd be pretty easy to ignore. Yeah. Rogan's one of the most popular people on the planet. And during his like cancellation, he gained another like 2 million listeners in his podcast. Like he yeah. just grew even more. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which yeah. is crazy. That's that whole concept. I remember Robert Greene talked about it of like, and again, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but any publicity is good publicity. Right. You know, whether good or bad, it, it, it helps, it boosts you, you know, that's right. what they say. Like, you know, your haters are just supporting you. It's, yeah. It's yeah. kind of funny how that works. I just want to. It just sketched me out because I think that's a mute button. Oh. And I was just hoping that, I, I wanted to see if I pressed it, if things would change, but it just did the same thing. So okay. I hit it again. So I hope we're all good here. I hope it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Is it worth checking or should we just I don't know how to check it. Like, I don't know how to play it back. Yeah, we'd have to pause it and keep going. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Okay, fuck it. Let's just keep going. <laughs> um, did you get that, did you get that uh, alert thing on your phone today? Yeah, I did. Okay, so... It's pretty fucked up. Whatever. This guy killed somebody in Langham, right? And he's on the loose. Man. 
there's some messed up people out there, you know, and I was talking about this with my girl because she's had some weird incidences lately, but we would like to think that people are decent and most people are decent with good intention, like you, me, most of the people we know, but there's a lot of evil in this world too, you know, like I seen Henner Gracie post yesterday a video, this girl's in an elevator and with this like guy who's whatever, he's pushing a crate of something and he, and the, the guy walks out and some random guy walks out as well so there's three of them in there and then as soon as the guy with the crate walks out the other guy like sees and no one's around and he goes back in the elevator as the door shuts with the girl oh. and then he like assaulted this girl and you just think Fuck, man. there's people out there that will seek out to find a girl alone in the elevator and assault them and think how f frightening that would be for oh the girl God, right dude. and then I was watching whatever this this Netflix documentary last night about yeah some psychopath who's like raping kids and shit and you just and then recently my girlfriend she's been getting like followed in like downtown Saskatoon it happened twice in the last three weeks and she just texted me today saying that she was walking to the sidewalk sale and some guys like hey like are you an angel and she like looked back and like ignored him and he's like walking fast beside her but the other day it got so bad that she's walking from her work to the mall and this weird guy, she said he looked like a drug addict, but like our age, he wasn't on drugs, but like he had scabs on his face. Wow. She just felt like she was following, she was being followed by this guy. So she went into the mall and she went into some stores and whenever she got out of like two or three different stores, he would be kind of at the entrance Dang, there. Wow. And she even started to like do some circles just to see. And she had to turn back and say, are you following me? And he just like mumbled something and oh my god, and then kept following. And so she had to get escorted out by like the mall security. Fuck. And, and this happened like three weeks ago again, where, where she had to like go back into her work because this guy, she was like taking weird turns to see, and he was following wow. two different people. And I was like, man, to be a girl, and we're like, we're in Saskatoon, you know, like it's middle of the day, lots of people around and. It's frightening, man. It's kind of crazy, eh? Like, just, um, like, I'm just, like, any city, any country, like, how do you, how do you get less losers? How do you get less of these methed out losers lurking the streets, creating, like, danger to people? Like, I don't care what you call them, like, it's fucking dangerous. Like, yeah. I know they've probably had a rough past, they took a bunch of wrong decisions. But that doesn't justify you scaring the life out of somebody and just stalking someone. Mm -hmm. Like you need to, there's something needs to happen. I don't know. I don't know what needs to happen, but well, it's like, man. I feel like, you know what government should be to work for the people. Like we are all people. Government represents us people. But they don't, you know. It's a small group of people who benefit from this. And there's all these, uh, all this financial incentive in politics and government, which there shouldn't be. And I feel like it just widens the gap, the income gap, and it fucks so many people over with, like, just, just, even over the pandemic, over the last couple of years, you know, just a lot of the government decisions that are made, it leaves so many people out and fucks so many people over that it creates so many losers, you know, yeah. because we're not trying to lift each other up. We're trying to get the rich richer right. and spread this equality and income gap, and then it fucks so many people's people up and it yeah. makes them you know make worse choices and become more losers and then they're just these people are out walking around shoulder and shoulder shoulder to shoulder to us you know and 
It's crazy, hey? Like, it almost seems like um, Raheem and I were talking about this. He came by for coffee, and it, and it, it seems like capitalism is on its, on its end. I feel like it's about to end. I, I think we're getting closer and closer to communism, where it's like a one person is going to own everything, which we're almost there already. Everyone's going to get a little bit of their share. Mm-hmm. But how do you... Like, with, with capitalism, again, I, I love... That's what Rahim and I were talking about. It's a tough thing because I love so many aspects of it. I think that if you're putting more effort in and you have more wisdom and knowledge and you're just, like, making better choices, like, should you not be rewarded for that? But then, look what... Look where we're at. Like, look how many people are struggling because so many people are trying to kick down and work their way up. Like, how do you not have corruption in government? How do you not have um, how do you not have a company that starts out small, little old McDonald's, one burger shop flipping burgers? They end up being a trillion dollar company, and they just buy everything. You can't compete with them. Amazon, same thing. You start out this little company, you keep buying everybody, you put everybody out of business. Like, how do you prevent that? It's almost like we're slowly working up a triangle and a, a pyramid and at the very end whenever that's going to be 5, 10, 20 years one person will own everything it's, how do you avoid that? it's just the corporate model of each year we need to do better okay we, we are, we're an independent business owner and we made a million dollars this year let's try to make two million next year Right. and then once you have a hundred satellite locations well how do we get two hundred satellite locations right. how do we go international and it's just it's human nature it's, it's never enough human nature and I yeah. think that's one of the biggest superpowers a person can have is knowing how much is enough yeah you know it's like but, and, and yet we don't really. we, we, like don't. we don't like look at it's the same thing that happens with technology yeah the last year's iPhone isn't good enough we right. need to make it better and we're just gonna keep going in this direction and it's scary yeah it, it reminds me so when I got my black belt a lot of people on TikTok were like there shouldn't be a belt in Muay Thai and they're all like doing this and in my mind I'm like this ship has sailed a long time ago you can sit there and pout and cross your arms and bitch about it, but like Dwayne Ludwig is changing people's lives, spreading the system, whether you like it or not. And it was like uh, Elon Musk making these electric cars. People are like, uh, and like talking about Neuralink. Like they don't like it, and so they're kicking and screaming, they're freaking out. That ship has sailed. That's how his brain works. He can't stop. He has to keep going. And that's how humans are. Like, we, there's like, there's no line. It's like we just keep going, you know? So it's, it's so tough. I don't understand that argument when somebody says there shouldn't be a belt system in Muay Thai kickboxing. Let me just ask you why. Dude. Why is it okay to have one in jiu-jitsu but not in Muay Thai? I got a comment this morning. It just popped up because I was making a TikTok. I, I see it. It said, um, belts are okay in jiu-jitsu but not in Muay Thai. And I was like, are you an adult? Do you know how fucking dumb you sound? Why? Like you said, why? Why? I didn't. I don't. I'm done responding to any of those <laughs> yeah. comments. Like I, I literally stopped. But um, yeah. Just in in my mind, I'm like, holy shit! Like, how are you alive as an adult? How have you not died and got hit by a bus? If that's how your brain thinks, you dumb. Just a limited mindset. Hey, yeah. It's like, well, there wasn't before, so right. it's not right to have one. <laughs> and then, like in my mind, I'm like, you're 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 the people that hated Bruce Lee for separating himself and doing Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. You're the people that are like, oh, but it's, it's, this is the way it should be. You should, you should do martial arts within these confined spaces with these specific katas. You can't veer off and take the good and leave the bad. Everyone's hating him. That's what you're doing. 
change is painful for a lot of people. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. That's why. Yeah, a lot of people don't like it. Yeah. And I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you do anything good in life or you're trying to do more, you're trying to accomplish something, you're trying to reach something, people are going to be upset by it. Yeah. It's just, there's, it's it's inevitable. You hear Chris, Chris Pratt, the actor, was at the UFC. Okay. And he was like, um, he kind of talked shit about Izzy and he said like, He's like, I, I know I don't know this game. I don't know this sport too well. Um, but he's like, if you're going to come out... Then like stop the talking there. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. But he didn't. Okay. He, he's like, but if you're going to come out like The Undertaker and all this music and all this hype and then put on a performance like that, he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, like you, you got to like come to fight then. And Izzy, the next morning, it just said, good morning. And then he just said, um, so I think it was... Uh, just remember, you you were just a fan, and I am the man, or something along those lines. Where it was very, it was like three little words or something. Where it was like, "Good morning, you were just a fan. I'm something like I'm I'm the one that you're watching," and like it kind of just put him in his place. And then Chris Pratt was like, "You're right. I'm sorry." He's like, "I've I've done movies before, and people critique my performance. Yeah. I don't like it because yeah. they've never walked a mile in my shoes." And so he's like, I'm sorry. And he, yeah. he owned up to it. But it was just funny how Izzy's good. like, look, bitch, you're a fan. You yeah. came here to watch me perform. That's all you do. That's yeah. all you get to do. You don't get to critique me. Totally, man. You know? Yeah, that's how it is. And, and you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I felt the same. I was yeah. I was watching the fight. I was kind of like, let's go. I was like trying not to fall asleep. I was like, this could be more exciting. But there's not a goddamn thing I can say to Israel Adesanya. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everybody gets that way, though. Like, everybody on their way to the top has like this um, ferociousness to them. Like they're hungry, they're chomping at the bit. It's like a college basketball team. They're trying to make it to the NBA yeah. so that you see the hunger in them. Yeah. And then over time, you start to dominate these guys and you get smarter, you get more strategic, you try not to get hit as much, right? You've already taken all those chances, you've knocked these people out. Now you're just trying to maintain the belt. Yeah. Look at John Jones. He, got, he was boring in his last few fights, right? Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't that exciting. Um, GSP, same thing. He got a little bit more boring. His climb yeah, up was yeah, like dominance. Yeah, yeah. And then he backed off a little bit. Even Eugene, uh, Izzy's coach, talked about that. He said, um, he's like, I, I love his performance. He was safe. He's like, I don't want my fighter getting head trauma. Yeah. I want them safe, which is not fun to watch sometimes, but smart. And there's so many factors that we can't even see. Like, you, you never know what was going on inside that cage. Right. Like... Yeah, you, you know, you, like you don't really have anything to prove to anybody, and yeah, I wanted to actually ask you about a couple of those fights. Um, Sean O'Malley against Pedro M Munoz. Yeah. Do you think that was a real eye poke, or do you think he was looking for a way out? Yeah, like you said, it's. I think the only one that's gonna know is is um, uh, Pedro. But uh, if gun to my head, if I had to pick, I I, I think he was looking for a way out, and I'm gonna state my case some people said like that's ridiculous he's fought way tougher guys than a Sean O'Malley but I would argue that he's never fought someone so famous as Sean O'Malley mm. and when you fight a guy that has pink hair drives like a pink Lamborghini smoking weed all day he's huge on social media there's more pressure to win against that guy losing to him is more embarrassing yeah and so if you feel the fight is getting away on you, which in my opinion, I think Sean O'Malley was starting to, to win that fight. Mm -hmm. I think he was starting to avoid a lot of the strikes. He's starting to land a little bit more. It wasn't that of an aggressive fight, but I, 
it just seemed to me, and this is the other case I'll make, when he got like eye poked and stopped it, right away, he said that's the second time, and the ref was like, it's okay, you got five minutes, relax, and then like a minute went by, the ref still calm as shit, it's okay, you got four minutes, and um, Pedro Munoz was like, no, 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 like I, I can't see, it's black, I can't see, I'm like he was doing this, like I'm done. It's like, man, you have four minutes to recover. Yeah. That's a long time to see if your eyesight get ba- yeah. uh, gets better. Two minutes might make a big difference for you. Dude, like, you know how many times we've seen fighters that have, like, been, like, two knuckles deep into their eye, and they oh. get five minutes, and they just chill. Yeah. They're taking their time. Yeah. Like, I've seen fighters with, like, like five-inch gashes across their eye, and they're just like, okay, like, I got time. Like, I'm going to let the ref do their thing. Yeah. They're itching to fight again. Yeah, and he seemed right away. No, no, no. I, I can't see. It's black. Yeah. Let's let's call this. And that was like a uh, little iffy to me. It's a good point. I would think at that level, somebody like him isn't looking for a way out, and they're being honest, even though the camera might not have looked like it was a deep eye poke. Right. But but yeah, you're right, man. It's a good point. You never know. Yeah, I just didn't like how he was. I I found the ref to be very calm and just allowing him his time. Yeah. And he just didn't want the time. Yeah. And I just I in my mind, I'm like. Maybe it, what if it got better yeah. and you, you could beat Sean O'Malley? Yeah. You know? Two more. Alex Pereira. Oof, scary. Clean scary. work. He's a scary man. Clean, precise work. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. Like, man. He's scary, dude. He hits hard. It's funny how you see these high level strikers just fight with their hands down. They got like a, different styles. Yeah. Yeah, him and Izzy will be a good fight. There's a bit of history there. I wonder so. if it's too soon to give him Izzy if the UFC should build him up more first or if it's like, hey. I, I think they're going to give, I think that's the fight. Yeah. I think Dana wants to make it too yeah. from the sounds of it. Yeah, I like that guy, man. He's just such a precise, calculated killer, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the Robbie Lawler fight. That's the one fight I, I, I missed. Oh, really? Yeah, I forget what happened, why I missed it. See, but. I missed the Alex Pereira fight. That was the one I missed. Oh, shit. But uh, I, I saw the finish. I just okay. love the um, Robbie Lawler one, but I didn't see the whole thing. Your illegal stream cut out or what? No, I actually paid. I actually <laughs> paid for this one. I didn't want to risk it. Yeah. Why did I miss it though? It was on the prelims, maybe. Mm, was it? Or maybe no, it got bumped up to the main card. Maybe it was the first fight on the main card. I, yeah, I forget what happened, but anyway, I missed it. Man, it was. I smoking weed. They they were right in the pocket. Like, it was just, like, a straight boxing fight. Oh, yeah. And just the way Robbie rolls with the punches, it was super exciting to see. Uh, like, it was a really fun fight. Yeah. But, uh... Until he got caught. Yeah, in. the new blood, too. That, I know that Barbarina guy, like, he doesn't look for a way out. Like, right. he's a zombie. Like, yeah. you gotta put him away. Huh. You know? I like that. But, um... You sent me a couple videos prior to this. Should I pop these let's, bad boys let's, open or let's what? Let's play them. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, so this is, uh, <laughs> we were going to do something on uh, self-doubt, but I, and I watched this TED Talk, but it sucked. So I quickly changed strategies and sent Ryan three kind of random videos. Um, so you can play whichever one. And play them all on the mic here? Yeah, hopefully people can hear it. Might have to shut these windows. I won't do oh. it right now. Time, like when you think you're ready, like it's supposed to happen. It always happens when it's supposed to happen. Because the period that you feel ready and people are not acknowledging the material the way you feel like they should because it's good is the time that you actually develop skin thick enough to survive when it does work. Hmm. So, did you catch that? I want to hear your thoughts on it. 
so I, I, I like that. He just said sometimes like, like let's, I'm just going to use myself for an example. Um, like right before the pandemic happened, somebody else had gotten their black belt in Bang Muay Thai that like I was a brown belt longer than them. And so it could have been me that had got my black belt, but the pandemic hit. And so like, I felt like I was, I was ready. I, I, you know, it's almost like I felt like I deserved my black belt if this guy is going to get his black belt, but maybe I wasn't ready. Maybe my ego would have got a little bit big if it would have happened then instead of three years later. Like I was a black belt or a brown belt for like almost four years. And during that time, I feel like I've developed stronger character. Like you almost, he's saying that when you think you're ready and you don't get the thing you're hoping for, that gives you time to develop thicker skin so that when you do get the thing that you want, you're actually tough enough to endure what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. So now that it's like I, I did wait that long and I got my black belt, I feel like I'm, I was like really truly ready where before I think it may have been too soon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that's kind of what he was talking about. I really like that. I, I do too, man. I think it has a lot to do with um, just trusting the process, you know, like having faith in your process and your journey. Yeah. And like if it doesn't happen having faith in the idea that maybe it wasn't supposed to happen yet. Right. Even though it's like, shucks, I wanted that. Yeah. I thought I was ready. Yeah. You know? Yes. Things happen like that sometimes. Hey, like again, I mean, I can't think of it a better example for me than just the, just the black belt, Yeah. you know, like I've been training for so long, you know, and I'm just like, I, I, I wanted it. You know, I see these other guys like leveling up and I just couldn't travel, you know, and but maybe I just wasn't ready. Maybe I, I would have been a little bit different if I would have got mm -hmm. the black belt too soon. Yeah. Like maybe my, cause I, I always feel my ego. It's always there. Yeah. It, it'll sure. always be there. You're always kind of like trying to stuff it and battle it. So maybe if I would have got it, then I would have had just a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and you know, who knows how it would have came out. But, um, yeah, I just think the three years of the pandemic and me teaching more than I ever have been just helped me develop and prepare for getting mm -hmm. the, the actual black belt, you know? Totally. And I think you almost have to adapt that mindset of, trusting the process yeah. because if you don't what's the alternative right you don't get it and then you're just crabby and you have a bad attitude and you start making excuses right you know i should have gotten it there's nothing worse than seeing a fighter lose and then they make excuses and they don't accept that loss right Sean you know O'Malley. it it fucking stings it hurts but when you see people be like look even if it was close they say look i wasn't he was the better man tonight. I lost. I need yeah. to come and I need to learn from this. Man, kudos to you. Like, hats off to you. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. But I think that shows so much more about your character. Yeah, man. If you take that perspective, that approach. Yeah. Especially those guys like Michael Chandler, the guys that will oh. always be number two. Yeah. Right? Like, they're just below, like, like a Daniel Cormier, John Jones. Yeah. Um, Max Holloway, Volkanovski. Colby Covington. Yeah, like, there's these people, but they still keep a head on their shoulders. Like, they still just stay on the grind and stay on the path. Yeah. They almost have to, like, detach themselves from, like, I don't know, ever ever being a champ and just, like, just being a hard worker and showing heart. Yeah, you know? having humility and just... Yeah letting go you know yeah it's like yeah there's definitely a bit of like surrender when it comes to that eh? yeah if yeah like yeah a, like a music artist or a photographer you think you should blow up and be on fucking magazines or like getting some kind of deal or something you almost just have to let go and do the work you just keep yeah. doing the work until somebody recognizes you or something that's why i think it's so important to fall in love 
with an investor energy into the process instead of the outcome because mm-hmm. it's like you in in your case it's like love the training you know love the fighting love teaching love teaching and 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 the belt is going to be a byproduct of all that work right. you put in yeah because if you're just focusing on the belt all of the training the fighting the laughs the teaching the learning is going to go by you and you're not present for it right and it's you know, I think it's going to feel that much better when you do get the byproduct, which is the belt, which right. is the, the the championship, whatever it is. You know, I think that's why lottery winners like lose all their money and go bankrupt to make stupid decisions. They haven't, they didn't develop the thick skin to endure what it's like to have that kind of responsibility of having millions of dollars, mm-hmm. as opposed to like an entrepreneur who started a small business, slowly grows it over time. They want the million dollars, but they don't get it till twenty years later until yeah. their business pops off. Whereas like if you just scratch a lottery ticket, now you got two mil in your bank, like you didn't develop that thick skin. So no wonder you bought seven Lamborghinis, a big house, and now you're broke. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost like that same example. You yeah. almost need to wait and like trudge through the thick waters to develop that thick skin to actually handle that kind of money. Yeah. You know? I believe in that man. Next video. Next video. Advice you have for a young man in his twenties. Make a plan. Look at what you're interested in. Get disciplined about something. Allow for the possibility that you have something important to contribute to the world and that the world would be a lesser place without that contribution. Don't be afraid of taking on responsibility. It's where you find what sustains you in your life. You can take on too much responsibility. You have to be cautious in that regard, but that's a less common problem than not taking on enough. A lot of the things that people regard as traps are actually the means to their life. You know, often young people are afraid of commitment, for example, in the context of a romantic relationship and because they feel that that's going to interfere with their pursuit of something more valuable, but that's just not the case. You're not going to find something more valuable in your life than a committed relationship with someone that you love that sustains itself across time and that in all likelihood produces children. That's life. And there may be people avoiding that is the better route, but those people are very rare and you need a real reason to assume that you're one of those people. And hopefully for you, you're not. See, I don't know if people, I hopefully people can actually hear that. I think so. Um, yeah, that was just Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson's daughter asking him like, if for like, I think she, I think she said young men, right? Yeah. Like what advice do you have for them? And he just said, like, make a plan, you know, and like, don't take on too much responsibility, like develop discipline. And it just made me think of like, um, I I don't, I didn't necessarily like have much of a plan other than I knew martial arts was my anchor. Like that was my plan. Mm -hmm. I was just going to dive into martial arts and through that other things would happen. And I was going to make a positive impact in the world Mm -hmm. through martial arts, everything in my life that I would need would develop through martial arts. And so just last night, it's kind of cool just talking about like, um, you know, impacting people in a positive way. And again, it can be small. You don't have to be a fucking Joe Rogan, a Jay Shetty. Like, you know, you don't have to be this crazy millionaire, like the best coach in the world. You could just make an impact in your small community, your friends, your family. But I'm at the gym and this, this, this guy shows up Somebody came to on the mats or like, hey, I think someone's out front. They want to like talk to somebody. So I go out there and it's this like really timid kid. Doesn't speak much English. Doesn't speak much at all. You can tell he's very timid, like very mm-hmm. passive. And um, 
I, I asked him what brought him in and he I, I have to like lean in to actually hear what he said and he was like oh I just heard I heard I just I wanted to do any kind of martial arts um, for self-defense and right away I'm like this kid's getting fucked with mm. he that's a target I know he's a target like just his presence alone I'm like oh yeah you, you get bullied yeah I didn't ask him about it I didn't bring it up I just was like yeah sweet like here you know here's the form here's some gloves and so he steps on the mats and again super timid but I'm, I'm showing him some stuff on the bag while class is going on and I, I, I always check in be like hey like how's that going okay here's here's another little thing you can learn like let's show you how to throw a round kick and you know you can see he's again just timid and like a little bit like at one point I actually thought he was gonna leave but he, he said he wanted to write something down and I'm like okay like sure man like I don't I don't fucking know so he, he goes back and he gets a notepad. And then after class, I see him sitting there. He wrote like two full pages of the little things that I taught him that wow. day. So this, I, and I just it put a smile on my face, man. And right then I saw that he was, he was into this. I'm like, okay, like it was, the class was done, but I'm like, hey, get up. I, w- I want to show you a little line drill just to kind of help you throw some punches and move your feet at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I got him doing this, he was like smiling. I could see him like kind of being like, okay, like this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like I like being on the mats here. I like punching things. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, that's like, that's why I love that I chose this path. It's not every day that you're going to get someone like who in my mind would be like a victim and turn them into a non-victim, like turn them into like having this internal strength that they never knew they had. Sometimes it's just an, uh, it's a former hockey player who's an athlete and just comes on and he just wants to train, wants to learn how to fight. Yeah. That's fucking great too. But it's extra special when somebody comes in and they need martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. when, I, when I teach someone who needs martial arts, I'm like, okay, this is different. Yeah, this, this, may, this makes my heart like fucking blow up. You know, like it yeah. means a lot more. Isn't it amazing when you can legitimately black and white see somebody gain confidence from martial arts? Like maybe they come in and they're a little awkward. They don't really have social skills. They're maybe not very um, um, coordinated, you know. Yep. And you see them after even like a month. And they're just walking with their head up a little higher. And right. they're, like, saying hi to more people. And they maybe they smirk a smile a little more. Yeah. And you're, like, it's catching on to this person. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful, too, because, like, the guy steps on the mat. He doesn't know anybody. Most of us don't r- truly know, like, what your background is, what your childhood was. We're all just on the mats learning the same shit. You know? And so, like, it, that sense of community where I don't know where he could, like, and that's the other thing. If you just show up at the gym by yourself and you're like a freak athlete and you just want to learn how to fight, that's badass and I love it. But if you have the guts to show up, you're timid as shit. You can hardly even speak. Like the guy was quiet. Yeah. He showed up still. That means that he he needs this. He, he's looking for yeah. it. Like it's probably so uncomfortable for him to walk up to a martial arts gym and be like, hey, like I want to... I want to learn martial arts like is this where I would train mm-hmm. and you're like oh shit like this guy just showed up by himself like did somebody drop you off did you walk here yeah like I don't know guy just seemed like he was by himself and no gloves no gear hey, just wanted yeah. to train martial arts and I'm like he came to the right place sick dude you know it's um it's amazing man I noticed another guy in jiu-jitsu recently he's been coming to my fundamentals class and um you know again maybe a bit more of a timid guy not very social this and that after like the third class, because I've seen him at Jane's classes too, not just my classes, but I kind of talked to him. I was like, hey, I seen you like at this coffee shop one day. Like, you work in the kitchen and whatever. We started talking a bit and um, 
a couple classes later, which was yesterday, after class, I seen he kind of had a grin on his face and mm. we finished class with positional sparring. So it's a struggle. Yeah. You know, somebody that's never rolled jujitsu, like next thing you know, you got somebody reefing on your collar and they're trying to tip you over with all their might. And you're like, shit, this is fucking hard, you right, know? Right. But after, and they were just two minutes, one partner and the next partner, two minutes. So four minutes of positional sparring, a little bit of adversity. And in the change room after he was smiling and he's, he's like, man, that was fun. He's like, that was hard. Right. That's what he said. He's like, that was a hard class, but he couldn't help but smile. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like you're starting to get hooked. And I was, I was like, it, it takes some time. You might show up the first couple classes and be like, what am I even doing here? Right. Like I'm in the, wearing these pajamas with all these strangers and yeah. we're like doing like grip breaks. Like right. what are we doing even? Yeah. But then, you know, it's like once you just, once you sink that hook, it's like, oh shit, like I'm excited to come back next right. week, you know? And I love when you see people get a little hooked where you're like, oh yeah, yeah. they're going to keep coming yeah. back. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, man. It's like, um, and that's how you would gain confidence if you were like an insecure, like shy, timid person, right? Yeah. Like he did something super hard and challenging. So if he runs into something super hard and challenging at work, it'll be a little easier to overcome that thing. Yeah. So I like that like martial arts will translate into your life elsewhere. Yeah. Do you remember that story of, um, I don't even know if I can, I think I can share the name. Anyway, he's a young kid that trained at our gym. This is at the old gym and he got like bullied a lot and his mom actually showed us some of the letters. <laughs> It would be like, go back home, you dirty native. Go uh, Like, it would just be like, you brown skin, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just fucking mean shit. Oh, and it was like, you know, um, you're gay doing jujitsu. Like, that type of shit. Like, these kids were just bullying him. Um, <laughs> these kids kept fucking with him. And uh, this kid ended up... Um, I think the kid like came at him to try to hit him and this kid like he's he's had jujitsu competitions mm -hmm. he just took the guy down full mounted him and beat the fuck out of him <laughs> beat this kid's ass yeah he's a hockey jaw cool kid in class yeah. in air quotes cool kid yeah fucking loser but this kid double leg this cool kid beat the shit out of him the kid from our gym got suspended which is whatever it's kind of, the principal's like look I have to do this just policy it's rules yeah. mom didn't care our gym didn't care we just gave him a fist bump and said respect the next day that cool kid hockey jock started following that guy on instagram liking all his shit really so like sometimes when you are the victim and you have no internal power you don't know how strong you are you will be the victim forever mm. you stand up for yourself once that's the end of it yeah people don't want to fight though that that cool kid that hockey guy he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to struggle. He doesn't know that struggle. Yeah. You give him a little bit of struggle, even if it was just verbally, even if that kid was just like, you know what, fuck off. He'd be like, oh shit, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this anymore. I just wanted you to be quiet so I could, it's like your girlfriend walking. Like they're stalking victims. Exactly. If your girlfriend also was like, hey, what the fuck? Like made a scene, they'd be like, oh shit, like I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's just crazy how like you can get like, this confidence to be like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to double leg this kid and smash him. Yeah. All of a sudden the guy follows him on Instagram and is like liking all this shit. And do you know what I love about that? I remember <laughs> professor Kevin said this in jujitsu. Like it was, I don't know, late, late last year before a few of us were going off to compete. And he's like, he's like, believe in your jujitsu, you know, like all the stuff we're working on, you know, the, the best people in the world do the same shit that we're doing. 
And he's like, everybody that you walk on the mats with, all your competitors, no matter how scary they look, like they're humans like you and they have doubts too and they have insecurities right. too. And he's like, we're putting all these hours in on the mat, we're doing this, like believe in your jujitsu. Yeah. And that's important for a kid like that that's getting bullied is like, look, this is practical stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, don't be afraid to step up right. sometime if you have to. Yeah. You have to believe in yourself because it's that whole thing of you could have all the money in the bank, but if you don't know the the bank account code, like right. the money's useless. It's like you know, for that kid, you know, he's probably been training for three, four years. It's like believe in what you've learned. Yeah. Like it's this is practical stuff. It's probably a shock for him too. Like I would imagine that like he was probably so scared. Hundred percent. Like you're you're going against the the cool kids in class and when you're young, like man, that'd be terrifying. You're like, Oh man, everyone's gonna hate me now. Yeah. Like this guy like for one, I'm already getting bullied. Two, I'm probably about to get my ass kicked. But then all of a sudden, like, you get your hooks in and you realize, oh, this guy doesn't know how to deal with my hooks. <laughs> you get a choke and you're like, oh, he's not even fighting the hands? Yeah. Like, you're used to people that are trained to defend your attacks. Exactly. You go with a person who's not trained, they're like, you know, they're not doing anything to defend. So you're like fighting a fucking corpse, fighting a drunken swine that doesn't know what he's doing. And I still get tricked with it now, too, you know? It's like... When I step on the mat, whatever, you know, like sometimes I'm like, I'm just like a small kind of like skinnier guy, you know, and a new white belt will show up and this guy's been pumping heavyweight, you know, deadlifting 400 pounds for years. And you're like, yeah, like, you know, this guy looks pretty intense. And you kind of forget like how well versed you are in this practice. Right. And then you start to roll and you're like, oh yeah, he doesn't even know how to defend right. this. Yeah. Like, why was I intimidated right. by this guy? You know? Man, so funny. Josh Payette. So I remember sparring him years ago in Lloyd Minster. And, like, Josh was a scary dude when we were, like, in high school. Like, he was the guy that would fight people and, like, smash people. He's yeah. a scary dude. Like, Straight up. I feel like he was, like, a hairy man in, like, grade 9. Young pyro. Yeah. Like, and I love Josh. But I remember we, we sparred and I had, like, some training. But, like, again, he, he street fought. Like, he just, that's all he knew. He wasn't trained. But I was a little bit. And I just, I remember just like evading some of the strikes. You could just see it like it was in a movie in slow motion. You just see the right hand shake and about to get chucked. You just kind of lean back a little bit. And I'm like, oh shit. I like what I've been training is working, (laughs) you know? But in my mind, when we first started sparring, I'm like, oh, I'm about to get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. And all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, I'm playing with him. Think about what we build up in our heads, all this scary adversity. Yeah. And I'll get back to the question with Jordan Peterson and his daughter, but the one last thing I want to say on this kind of tangent that we've been going off on is, you know, you and I were athletic kids. We played played sports our whole life. We we were social kids, you know. We were popular, at, you know. We were in the party group, you know, the sports group, whatever. It's still a little intimidating when we first showed up at MMAC. I give so much credit to the people like this guy that I was talking about or whoever you were talking, who've never played a sport and who aren't the popular kid in school. Yeah. To have the courage to show up and get out of their comfort zone in an environment like that because that's a big step. Yeah. And that's what I think like those types of people might not understand. Like I remember, um, yeah, I think I might've brought this up, but there was, um, there was someone who was like a little bit heavier set, um, like at our gym and like, you know, sometimes I'll post videos and, um, they had just mentioned to me like, ah, you know, it's when I'm on video and like, let's say like I screw up or something like people are going to be like, oh, like look at this fat person messing up. And, and then, but then if you mess up on film, it's like, oh, like you're just this freak athlete and people see you and they respect, respect you. And I'm like, is that what you think people think? I was like, I think you inspire a lot more people than I do. Like mm. I'm inspired more 
by Kenny. Let's use Kenny as an example. 62 or 63 years old. That guy shows up by himself. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have anybody holding him accountable. He just shows up to a gym full of young people, trains with other young people, and then goes about his day. To me, that's like more inspiring. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not always like these freak athletes. And so like sometimes I think people don't understand how inspiring they, their actions really are. Yeah. Like that kid last night, we're talking about on the podcast. He has no idea that I was super inspired by him taking notes and him smiling and him showing up on his own and telling me that. He's totally probably right. like, oh, like still kind of like nervous, but it's like, man, you just inspired a, you know, black belt in Bang Muay Thai. Yeah. Like I was like fired up after that. Straight up. You know? That's gangster. Yeah, man. Um, back to the Jordan Peterson thing. So uh, just a couple things I want to mention with, with regards to that video is like, I'm a big believer in that, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail kind of a concept of yeah you know if you just go through life and you don't have a plan like i know martial arts was your anchor you didn't quite know but you knew it was something to do with martial arts but it's like yeah as a young man you know 18 to 23 you have to have a plan you have to get to a point where you realize that no one's going to make anything happen in my life but me yeah and you had you got to do something yeah and you know don't compare yourself to what your friends are doing this and that but you gotta do something and get to a point where you make a plan yeah um yeah man and what he was saying about relationships and responsibility man there is there is power and strength and like there, there's something great in in responsibility um i remember you know just getting in that mid-20s late 20s age when you know you have a couple friends who are like man you know like we we don't we don't party as much. We don't meet up all this stuff anymore. And like, we have so much responsibility. Like I don't like getting older. And I was kind of looking at it, a perspective of like, you know what? Like I, I get what you're saying, but sometimes you have to let go. And yeah. I like this responsibility. Like yeah. I'm on a bit of a mission. Um, maybe it's not as fun, as sexy as life used to be where we're right. staying out all night and you know, freedom, freedom reigns. But it's like, there's something about responsibility that is empowering yeah. and it's fun to take charge of, you know, yeah. where it's like, Hey, I'm doing this, not just for me. Like I have clients that are depending on me. Right. I have a, a spouse or a partner who's depending on me, you know, like I have shit to do and people to take care of. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and it's funny. Like sometimes I, I think we talked about it, but it's like with Raheem, like we had to, if you just go on like what we used to do in high school and just like casually hang out whenever at work, you just randomly message someone or randomly show up at their house and you just start hanging out. When you have responsibility and you're like kind of like living an adult life, you have to like set times. Like you and I, we don't hang out like we used to, you know, just like our paths are different, where our schedules are different. We have to set a time to do a podcast and now we're hanging out. Yeah, or Rah else when we're training, that's what Yeah, uh, Raheem, same thing. Like, I'm so glad that him and I were like, look, every two weeks, let's just meet for coffee. Yeah. But now we scheduled our friend, because we valued our friendship. We want we didn't want, because it was uh, gone besides that. Like, mm -hmm. we weren't hanging out. It would be like twice a year. Yeah. Now it's every two weeks. Yeah. We schedule time. We get the, he came by the van, put up, uh, we pulled up two, like, lawn chairs and just had coffee and talked. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man, it's, and you know, with the whole relationship thing too, like you've said it before, you know, there's, there's freedom in committing to somebody, you yeah. know, it's like, I, you know, I used to have, have that fear of commitment too, of like, you know, I want my freedom, but man, it is, it sure is empowering to be all in with somebody and yeah. be there for somebody and be able to be depended on and, and be like, look, I'm ready to kind of take charge of life and, you know, yeah, like man. create yeah. something here. So, yeah. Um, 
I think we can just wrap it up. The other, the third video I sent to you is kind of shitty. Is it? Okay. <laughs> okay, man. Well, yeah, it's hot. It's a hot-ass day. Maybe uh, we should wrap it up. Episode yeah. 70. Episode 70. We're going to go for a walk right now in Blaze, and I'm excited. It's been a long time, man. It's been man. a long time. We used to do it once a week for sure. Yeah. Hey? Totally. I, I bet you it's been... I don't know, 